Single parenting isn't easy. We understand. Most parents don't plan to go it alone, but you can still make the most of this journey for your children and yourself. In fact, if you and your family are on that journey, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Single Parent Advocate community and to our podcast. And here are your hosts, single parent founder, Stacey Poitras, broadcast journalist, single dad and friend, Daryl Moody. Welcome back to the Single Parent Advocate Podcast. Happy New Year. Happy January to you folks, wherever you are. Uh, the holidays are now behind us, and we are in 2022 and focused on a really exciting year, uh, both for Stacy and myself personally, and also for singleparentadvocate.org. So, uh, Stacy, you know, the last time we talked, it was right after the Christmas special that we had, the Zoom meeting with all of your clients. And uh, as fun as that was, I'm glad the holidays are over. I'm excited for the new year. I think we've got big things ahead, uh, like I said, personally and professionally. But bring us up to date with the, with the nonprofit. What have you been up to? Well, you know, um, after all of the Christmasing and serving that we did, you know, there's, there's uh, always families that come alongside of us uh, who uh, have emergencies over the holidays. And I was very privileged to be uh, very closely involved with a couple of our families who were going through serious situations. You know, uh, one lady uh, was going to lose her electricity, uh, a lot of struggling uh, with other families on how to pay their rent after having COVID. Honestly, Daryl, you know, um, I know we talk we talk about COVID and we talk about that reality, but we talk a lot more about you know mental wellness and how to navigate single parenting. But I just wanted to acknowledge anyone out there that is truly affected by the pandemic and um, you know or their children. I know that this is a reality, and so um, subsequently, I met with our board of directors and we had our year-end board meeting, and we're in the process of doing some housekeeping, if you will, of, you know, bylaws and setting budgets and direction for the next, for the next 12 months. And so that was, uh, you know, certainly a lot of delight. We've got a great board of directors, and they are uh, leaning in to help us have the processes in place to be able to expand. Thirdly, I met with our steering committee and our fundraising committee to get our Life Changer Golf Classic off the ground for National Single Parent Day on March 21st. And so I developed a landing page. It's going through edits right now. We're gonna have it up on the site soon and people will be able to donate, sponsor, come out and play golf like you're gonna do. Yes, I can't wait. And, uh, you know, so I'm uh, super excited about all of that, working hard here in the Dallas-Fort Worth, North Texas area to get uh, people on board to volunteer, play golf, sponsor something. And uh, so it's been uh, pretty crazy. You know, it was a working holiday, obviously, for me. And then secondly, I got sick. I got some kind of tummy bug. It was, praise the Lord, not a variant or anything like that, but I was down a little bit and going a little slow. So I kind of paced myself. How about you? Uh, holidays were great. Spent some time with kids, went to a football game. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I had them, I had them the first week. So, you know, we were together the week leading up to Christmas and uh, we got to go watch my alma mater, UCF, play the University of Florida, my favorite college football team. It was at the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. We had a lot of fun. 
uh, with that. It was exciting to take the kids to uh, an NFL stadium because we'd only been to just UCF games so far. I'm just afraid to take them to the swamp in Gainesville because it's 90,000 people and it's, you know, being in Gainesville, Florida on a game day is just an entirely different experience from going and, and watching a game at UCF. So uh, we kind of got the best of both worlds, 65,000 people. The game was a sellout. It was really exciting. UCF actually beat Florida. Uh, and then for Christmas, you know, we had uh, good quality time, good, good family time. Uh, the kids were happy with all of their gifts. And then for the week of New Year's, I was kind of on my own. So, you know, that was nice to uh, set the table for 2022. So all in all, uh, the holidays were great. I got no complaints. But like I said, I'm excited to be into the new year and, and to get back to normal life. It feels like it just feels like for two weeks, you know, everything just grinds to a halt. So I am excited to to get into the new year. And uh, as far as the show, we've got a guest for you guys this week. We are talking to Rosalind Sadaka. She is a divorce and co-parenting coach. She's also the founder of the Child Centered Divorce Network. Uh, before we get to that, we also want to give a special thanks to the folks there at the Single Parent Advocate Studios there in Dallas, the fine folks at Venture X Louisville, the realm at Castle Hills. Now, one thing you'll notice different about the show this week, we are not on video. We are uh, going back to an audio-based podcast. And being a guy from radio, I'm much more comfortable uh, without being on camera. So I have no complaints about audio only. We may go back to video. And I think, Stacy, we were talking about somehow uh, maybe doing a broadcast from the golf tournament on, on March 21st? Absolutely. I'm going to try to see if we can't set something up there on, on the golf course. My, my dream is, you know, that we would be able to bring to life a longtime tradition of the organization, which you and other folks may not really know about. But every time we have a face-to-face -face event for the last 12 years, we bring um, sticky notes, Daryl, sticky notes and uh, Sharpies and a big, a big uh, like poster that you can put sticky notes on. Yep. And uh, you, we put words of wisdom. Everybody puts their words of wisdom and then we put them up on this wall. And at the end of the year, you know, it's a big deal for us to be able to take those words of wisdom and turn them into t-shirts or mugs. And they're actually the words of wisdom of our community, lessons learned, inspiration, different things like that. It's not a marketing ploy. It's just really, you know, trying to create. It sounds kind of like vision boarding. Uh, it's more like group think, like, you know, um, let me give you the benefit of my hindsight or let me share with you the words that kept me going. If you don't have anybody else around you that does that, you know, and so. Um, I've been gathering these quotes and uh, words of wisdom for 12 years now. And so we've got some pretty cool things that uh, parents and children share with each other. And so it's my goal that you and I would be on site uh, live with the podcast and we would be able to get words of wisdom from our donors and sponsors and volunteers to share with our community and um Vice versa, maybe there'll be some things that that our families have in their back pockets, words of wisdom that they can share with others and make a difference too. So it's two way street, and um, I'm super excited about that. You know, so uh, we will have that on video um, if we can get that pulled off. And I've got to tech test the technology there, which I know we can take it mobile. So we we should be 
we should be live awesome. which will take you off the course sir well i'll tell you know we, we usually don't record the show till the afternoon anyway i'll just play early i see okay you'll you'll take your prize and then come over to the podcast booth yes that's why i'm there to play golf so you know get the round out of the way and then we'll do the show so uh and i don't know if you're aware of this stacy but january is actually international child-centered divorce month and like i said our guest rosalind sadaka uh she's the founder of the child-centered divorce network so uh rosalind uh thank you for joining us you're our first guest of 2022 uh tell, tell us your single parenting story well thank you it's a pleasure to be with you both today I had a background in um, marketing and advertising and writing and was going about my life and was married for close to 20 years when um, I knew that I needed to get a divorce. There was a lot of tension in the family. My son was starting to get stress headaches and I knew that something had to give. And it took me several years to make that decision because as you know, it's a really, really tough decision to make. And when I finally got the nerve to do it, I, there weren't a lot of resources back then to, to help. And I spent weeks and weeks of sleepless nights tossing and turning and how to break the news to my son who was 11 at the time. And I didn't want to emotionally and psychologically scar him. Finally, I came up with, with an approach that was very innovative, especially um, then. And I broke the divorce news to him and with, with his father. And we um, then went about the business of learning how to be parents and co-parents of, of a child going through the divorce process and then after the divorce process and then dating and starting life over after the divorce process. And one day, more than 10 years later, when my son was a young adult in his early 20s, he came to me out of the blue and he said, you know, Ma, you and Daddy did a really good job with your divorce because most of my friends whose parents divorce either hate their parents or are very angry at them. And I think you and Daddy did a good job and I just want to thank you. And I let out such a sigh of relief. I was holding on to so much guilt and anxiety about did I screw my child over? Did you know what? What impact is this going to have in his life? And I realized that I had learned so much trying to be a good co-parent, trying to be a good parent after the divorce, trying to raise him in a very balanced way, that I had a lot to share with other people. And that incident became the catalyst for my founding the Child Centered Divorce Network, becoming a divorce and co-parenting coach, and ultimately writing my first book, which was How Do I Tell the Kids About the Divorce? Well, Rosalind, that's just amazing. And you're such an inspire inspiration, you know, to me. Um, and and I know that you will be to many of our circle. Um, I love the fact that I met you uh, trying to work on getting blogs written because we're both in marketing, you know, and then we we found out we have this shared uh, passion. And so just um, really thanks for being authentic and uh, letting letting us all know a little bit more about what your personal experience was before we dig into more about your passion project. Yes, well, thank you. It was, it was wonderful to know that we had that important um, connection in the past. That's funny, you know, I think uh, sometimes they say there are no accidents. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering, you know, um, you, you talk about this personal journey 
and about, you know, really being convicted about, you know, trying to make sure that whatever you did when you separated with your husband, that it was positive and productive for the children. Um, and ideally, I guess that meant that it would be positive and productive for you and he as well. But how did you transition into, okay, I want to try to get through this and then turn around and found a whole divorce network? Like, was there a switch that went off or did you feel led in some way? How did that change from, I'm going to be committed to this path? And I know how hard that must have been because there's a lot of naysayers out there about there's nothing positive about divorce. But can you walk us through a little bit about you know where that went from, I'm going to do this to, I'm going to help others do this? Yes. Well, it was definitely a process. One thing I could tell you in my own life is that I was a child of parents who didn't get a divorce, parents who fought and had a terrible marriage, but they stayed together for the sake of the kids, which was what people did in that generation. And I feel very scarred by that experience because both of my parents were angry and hurt and wounded, and there wasn't a lot of room for emotional love and support for me and my sister in that process. I learned later as an adult and having gotten into this universe that my mother made every mistake in the book that divorcing parents make. So whether you stay together or not, if you're not focused on the well-being of the children and putting yourself in the children's shoes, then you're going to make reg regrettable mistakes. I personally believe it's not divorce itself that harms and scars children. It's how parents handle it. And that became my passion, my goal, to educate parents so that they can handle it and understand divorce from a child's perspective, because it's far different from your own. And as I mentioned, I started all of this more than a decade after my own divorce, after my son was already raised. That's when I, in looking back, I realized that I had learned a tremendous amount, went through a lot of the challenges that most every couple have to go through when they're dealing with divorce issues and found a way to stay child-centered, to remind one another that no matter what we feel about each other, we both love this child. We both love our children. And that becomes the hook. That becomes the focus of the entire situation. You don't talk about what you're feeling, what you're needing, what you're wanting. You talk about what little Johnny, little Susie is needing and wanting. And if you stay focused in that direction, you can overcome a lot of the hiccups and the, and the challenges and the conflict because you stay focused on our children because that's what really matters. I love the concept of, of, of your whole message, uh, Rosalind. I mean, thank you. You know, and, and I love your point when you say that the mistake that, that parents make and, and the, the place where kids suffer the most emotional damage is in the parents' reaction to the divorce rather than staying focused on them. How did you come to that realization? It was very innate for me. And I think because of my, my childhood wounds, I realized that when, when parents put down one another in front of the children, which is one of the biggest mistakes we try to explain to parents to avoid, it hurts children in, in deep within, it hurts them. It breaks their heart because children innately love both parents. And to have one parent putting down the other parent, you don't know how to feel. You feel guilty for loving your other parent who loves you. So 
putting your children in position like that is harmful for them emotionally and psychologically. And when, when you fight around the children, as my parents did constantly, or you hear your parents fighting in the bedroom with the door closed, you're still aware of it, which, which I was, it scarred me. I went to bed crying many, many nights in my childhood. And so I realized that it's not the divorce that's the important issue. It's how parents handle conflict, how parents handle their relationship and how parents respect their children, whether they're still married or whether they're divorced, that it's most important to respect your children enough not to barrage them with adult situations, adult drama, adult information. Telling, telling your child, for example, if your dad didn't have an affair, we wouldn't be getting this divorce. What, inf what good is that information for, for a, a seven-year-old or a 17-year-old? Because they can't understand the complexities of adult issues and, and challenges. Adults can't figure it out. Why burden your children psychologically with information like that? And yet parents do it all the time. If, if your dad didn't drink so much, we wouldn't be having a divorce. Those are not pieces of information that is going to support your children. So we have to be mindful, put ourselves in our children's shoes at whatever age they are, and talk to them in a way that they know that they are loved and valued and supported by both parents. And when kids feel the security of love, value, and support, they can overcome the physical plane challenges of we now are living in two different homes, we have some changes here, things are different in our life. They could cope much more readily with that than the emotional turmoil of becoming little adults because their parents are fighting and they're trying to fix the battles, which I ended up doing in my childhood. No child can fix adult battles. We, we're unfair with our children because we get so caught up in our self-righteousness and our drama and we wanna hurt the other person and we let our ego get in the way rather than reminding ourselves that this is about being parents first and divorce second. And as parents first, we have to do what's best for our children in every, in every possible way. And fortunately there's help now to help you do that and make the best decisions. Now, when you talk about staying together for the sake of the kids, my parents did that. And well, they did at least till when I, till I was in college. When I was in college, my parents divorced. And my mom later told me, you know, it was important for me to get you to adulthood before I left your father. And by the time my parents got divorced, I was more relieved for my mother than anything. Mm -hmm. uh, and now, now, in my own life, you know, my youngest daughter wasn't even three when my ex-wife and I separated. And I think her motivation was, you know, she's not going to remember a life with us together. Have you done any research into the impact of divorce on children based on their age? Well, there's there's lots of research that that's been done about that. Children pick up on the energy in in the home, the, the tension, the peace, the ease, the the body language, the subtle expressions, you know, when the way we look at one another when we're feeling loving and respectful versus when we're feeling angry and annoyed, they pick up on that. So even infants and young children will pick up on the environment and, and pick up on stress at home. As they get older, they could vocalize it a little more, but they can't explain it. They can't understand it. They can't figure out the complexities of adult relationships. 
So they try to figure out in their own minds why this is happening. And very often children will blame themselves. If there's conflict at home and tension at home or an actual divorce, they will blame themselves. If only I did better in school and didn't get a D in my report card. If only I didn't um, fight with my little brother. If I, if I listened better to daddy when he asked me to take out the garbage, whatever it is, they'll adapt in whatever their age is to making some sense of something that you can't make sense of. You can't figure this out as a child. So they're in a lose-lose situation. And what we try to do is be mindful of what they can understand at different ages and keep reminding them, this is not your fault. Even when parents are fighting about the kids, it's not the kid's fault. You're innocent and mom and dad are here to help support you and make this as easy as possible for us because we think that life will be smoother and happier when you're with mom in mom's house and when you're with dad in dad's house. And if we could make that happen, then in many, in many instances, it does work out better that none of this is 100%. And we always support first keeping families together in any, in any way possible. That's always the first priority. No one wants to have a divorce. Sometimes divorces make life easier for children. Once the conflict is over, once the divorce is over and life just moves into a more normal pattern. But again, it depends on the mindset of the parents and how willing they are to focus back on their responsibilities of making mature adult decisions on behalf of their kids. And of so course, we know this is so challenging. So, so and I apologize for stepping on you there. Is it easier to do it when, when the kids are little or is it better to wait until they're adults? Well, every age has its challenges. Um, the elementary school kids will understand it in a more simple way and they're, they're dealing with more fear and anxiety and the immediate cha challenges. As you move into middle school, kids start getting more opinionated. They may side with mom or dad, and especially more so in, in high school. They may have memories of time before things were bad, or things may have been bad through their whole life, but they'll have different memories. And sometimes the ch child will support and defend the parent who's more aggressive, who they feel will give them a, a better situation. Sometimes they will defend the parent who's more tearful and needy and say, I'm going to step up. I'm going to be the little man or the little woman in the house and take care of my mom or dad, um, which is a horrible thing because then your children start parenting their parents, which is not healthy psychologically. And the kids, of course, are meaning their very best to do that. But we as parents don't want our kids to be raising us. We need to be raising them. So the older the kids are, the more angry they may be, the more um, they may vent and express their, their feelings. And as parents, we want to allow them to do that because they have the right to feel what they're feeling, even when we don't agree. And we could say that, you know, I hear what you're saying. I understand why you're feeling so upset about this. You know, I don't agree that about this in that situation, but you have the right to feel what you're feeling. And I'm glad you told me because if we keep the dialogue open, at least we can talk about these things. And as parents, we could shift things. Sometimes the smallest change in the schedule or changing a decision can make all the difference for the kids. Not every child is saying, don't get divorced, but they're saying, I'm unhappy about this situation or that aspect of it. 
And as parents, we can work around that if, if we're aware. So encouraging our kids to talk and share and let us know what they're feeling is healthy. It's healthy for the kids. It's healthy for the parents to know and understand. And it opens the door to coming up with more creative solutions because in many cases, it's a trial and error process. There's no manual that says how to get a divorce when you have children and you, and you turn to page 36 and you have an answer. Fortunately, though, there are a lot of divorce coaches and, and psychotherapists, divorce groups, clergy. There's people who are very professionally um, prepared to help in this matter, because the one thing we know, this isn't something new. Divorce didn't start happening two years ago. So there's a lot of experience out there. And I encourage everyone to get support from a professional because as well-meaning as our family and friends and neighbors and relatives are, they don't always give you the best advice for you in your particular situation. Well, I, I just really applaud you for saying that because I've always um, had in my head that, you know, divorce is a change in living situations. You know, it's basically, you know, um, but living situations involve more than your house, you know, and your finances. It involves a dynamic of, you know, moving parts, depending on, you know, what your family's involved in and what the work style is. And, um, you know, I was wondering, you know, for, for many in this boat, they are going not just from, uh, the, right now they're getting ready to wear the divorced name tag, right? You know, and, and a lot of people will label it themselves uh, as a divorce person. And um, my heart was always uh, in founding single parent advocate centered around, you know, let's not wear a label. Let's not put a label on ourselves. Like I'm not a divorced person, right? I mean, I might've come through a divorce, but I am a single parent and focus on how can I be positive and productive and you know, show love and help myself and others while raising my children. And what you've said here and what we're probably gonna dive into more is probably gonna to continue to support that. But uh, at the end of the day, you, know, you can't undo somebody's biology to your point. You are better served if you're safe, right? If you're in a safe environment, that has to come first. I know there's many families that get a divorce for reasons because they're unsafe. Mm -hmm. But um, if there is a safe situation, you know, uh, being able to learn uh, to balance and basically manage two households in a positive, productive way. Uh, so proud of Daryl for, for having the girls over today and, and uh, you know, helping his ex out, props there. Um, but I, I wanted to see if I could ask you a question and, and this is a little self self-serving, but, um, when people divorce with adult children, you know, you kind of touched on that a minute ago, how would you say, you know, like people have waited until their kids have a car or they've waited until, you know, they are in college and now, you know, the the awareness and the understanding levels are higher. How would you recommend families really approaching that in a positive and productive light? 
Well, you're dealing with more sophisticated psyches of everyone in the family when, when your children are adults, and you have to be prepared for the fact that they are going to have strong opinions and possibly take sides. And it, it makes it very hard in some families. Some children are very grateful that the parents waited. And if the parents can do that and life isn't um, too disruptive at home, then then that's wonderful for the family because the kids didn't get that. It has to do with the tension at home. If you're if you're in in a marriage in form only and life is tense at home, there's no love, there's no spirit, there's no joy and vitality. Uh, people barely speak in the household. That's not a, a sound, safe emotionally viable environment for children to be raised in. But if, if you can do that and, and have a happy home life that the children aren't even picking up on it, that's always the best plan. If not, and, and the children are now adults and you've decided this is all I could take and I, I need to get a divorce, then you have to be prepared for your adult children to express adult perspectives about things. And sometimes we have to be very strong in affirming to our children, I, I respect that you have an opinion about this, but this is what I need to do for me. And this is what your other parent, we've decided to do this, and this is our business. Then, then it depends on where the children are going to go. In, in, and it, it's helpful, of course, to, to have a coach or, or a therapist to talk to everyone, again, to, to bring... The whole goal is healing, is healing and bringing people together in the best possible way so that everyone feels validated and heard and acknowledged. And very often that that slips when there's conflict, when there's misunderstandings, when there's bad feelings between people, especially if it's for a long time. And so getting the children the opportunity to express what they're feeling Hearing it, acknowledging it, and letting the and saying, I, I hear what you're saying, I understand. Also being able to apologize. Apologize to our children is very, very important. And doing that, whether they're five, 15, or or 35, is so important. And and it's showing as a role model that if we can apologize and own our, our mistakes and take responsibility for them, then we're being much better parents in, in letting our children see that and experience that so that they can learn it's okay to apologize in life. So own what, what you regret, say, I'm sorry I made that decision or I shouldn't have, have done that when I was, when you were younger and then move on with, with an adult, you're moving on with an adult relationship. You're reaffirming the relationship and you're starting over with new agreements, new ground rules for, for loving and respecting one another. And when you're dealing with adults, there's a lot of testing involved. You know, kids may be angry and so they'll put out feelers and they'll be testing both parents. Very often kids will pit parents against one another, especially teens will do that. So you have to be as aware as possible. In all of parenting, the more both parents can be together as parents and make decisions together, divorced or not, the easier it is for the children, whether they're young or whether they're adults. It, it's much easier to say, your father and I talked about this and we've decided A, B, and C, than to have each parent come up with a different perspective and a different story, and then the kids are caught in between. So it's a matter of how well 
you can put your pieces together before you open the door to sharing it with the adult children of divorce or the teens or the younger kids. Does that help? Yeah, I was gonna, you know, just kind of ask you, you know, now that we're kind of naturally going there, you know, what are some of uh, the things people need to understand before breaking the news to the kids besides, you know, just knowing that they need to do it for themselves and being grounded within themselves? Is there? Yes, that, that's a very important question. And I'm glad you're asking it. It's really important to get both parents together on the same page first to understand what I'm about to tell you about the kids and for both parents to agree they are not going to, to demean or put down the other parent, especially not around the, the kids on the phone, talking to a neighbor or a friend or anything else like that. If, if you treat each other respectfully, you're going to co-parent in a more respectful manner. And so when you speak to the kids, you want to give them these important messages. Number one, this is not your fault, no matter how this is working out. And no matter what was going on, this was never your fault, your innocent children. Number two, you are and always will be safe. It, this is the most frightening thing that can happen to children emotionally, regardless of their age. And the unknown is looming ahead. What, what's gonna, what does this mean to me, to my family? What's gonna happen next month, next year? So reminding them that they're gonna be safe because this is all, we're taking care of everything is very important. The third most important thing to remind them is that both of us will always be your parents. Divorce or not, neither one of you is absconding. We're not leaving, we're not, we're not stopping being your parents. And of course, sadly, there are cases when that happens, but in the, in the majority of cases, both parents still wanna be parents and we, we really wanna stress that. And that both parents will always love you Children may think in, inside their heads, if mom and dad divorce, maybe mom or dad will divorce me because I wasn't a good girl or because I did this or because I took daddy's side. Or We have to remind them that no matter what happens, we will never stop loving you. And then this is very crucial. This is about change and not about blame. So the form of our family is changing, but we're not blaming, it's not because mom, dad, or anyone else in the universe did this and that wrong because then we're getting into the drama and we don't want to bring our kids into the drama. So we, we explain to kids and even the youngest kids can understand the seasons change, our hairstyles change, our clothing change, our grades in school change, sports teams change, life is full of change. So this is the change in the form of our family, but we'll always be a family. And that's what I hope parents will understand that you want your kids to feel, even if they remarry, you're still always gonna be a family because those children are your children and that's the foundation. And the last message is everything will work out okay because both, both parents are making mature, loving decisions to make it okay. And that's where you need the help and support of whatever resources that you're leaning towards to help you make the best decisions and, and take the best steps. So you're, you're putting the kids first in every step of the process. And there are several important questions for parents to ask themselves. And one of the most important questions is this, would I be making the same parental decision if we were still married? So say there's a decision that has to do with, with discipline. 
or has to do with sleepaway camp or has to do with with um, the, the curfew hours or any of the things that just happen as part of being a parent. If you're changing your mind and if you were still together, you would have said A, but now you're saying B because you want to hurt your ex. You want to get back at them. You know, this is what they wanted. And so you're intentionally not doing it. Then you are really turning the tide in a bad direction for everyone in the family because you're not coming from a, a pure parenting place. You're coming from a place of vindictiveness or hatred, anger, resentment, whatever it is. So if you could answer the question, yes, I'm making this decision. This is the same decision I would make as a parent. And maybe the two of us need to talk about this because this is a serious health issue for our child or, or a major issue that we both parents need to discuss, then do that because you're parents first. And that's what gives your kids the security to get through it. That's why my son thanked me when he was a grown adult, because we knew to do that together. And you don't have those embarrassing situations when one of your kids is getting married or graduating and the two parents can't be in the same room for two hours to celebrate together. How embarrassing that is for the children, how hurtful it is to put your children in a space like that. It's, it's totally disrespectful to your children and parents. Some parents get so caught up in their egos that they're not thinking of anything beyond themselves. So my goal is to shake them up. So I guess, you know, that, that leads to a lot of, of curiosity I have. I mean, I know um, we all make mistakes. Uh, what mistakes do you see uh, people going through a divorce as parents? What do you, besides, you know, being unable to show up at the wedding correctly or arguing in front of the kids. Yeah. Um, what other mistakes do you see them making? So we already discussed fighting and showing conflict around the kids. Right. And, and um, bad mouthing one another in front of the kids. There's also another one, and that, and that is sharing adult information to your children, regardless of their age, unless they're adults. You shouldn't be sharing, because if your children can't fix the situation, then they, it isn't important for them to be privy to the, the subtleties of adult drama. There's nothing they can do about it. Their brains aren't formed yet so that they could really fix it. Or, and as you know, we can't as adults make sense of so much of this. So don't burden your kids with that because it robs them of their childhood. Instantly, they become little adults and they lose their childhood innocence. You also don't want to use your children as spies. And this is so common and so tempting. Yes, you want to know what daddy's girlfriend looks like and, and what she said and did, but kids pick up very quickly on the questions you ask about the nuances of the meal and where you went and where you didn't go and what he said and what she said and what happened there. And, and kids get very uncomfortable and they either lie or they defend one parent or they say what they know you want to hear. Whatever it is, it's putting them in an awkward situation that it's a no win for them. So don't, don't even put them in that situation. And the same thing with asking your kids to be changing and making plans and being your scheduler. There are online scheduling tools. So if you're gonna be late and you say, instead of saying, tell mommy to pick, pick you up at 7.30 and not 
it's much easier to put that in an email or a text or a scheduling tool rather than burdening your children with information. Sometimes they'll intentionally get it wrong again because they, they start playing games, they pit one parent against the other. Sometimes they, they accidentally get it wrong or they forget and suddenly they're being punished for something that really wasn't their fault. So you don't wanna be burdening children with, with situations that are beyond their control. The most important thing is to remember is to keep your kids as close to having the childhood that they deserve as possible with as minimal interruptions. And they can adapt to lots of different things but when you get to the emotional hurts and the psychological hurts, that, that doesn't get adapted to. And that's where we, we, they get wounded. So if, if you're mindful of that and you look at your child and you think about what are they able to digest and understand at four, at seven, at 11, and then speak to them accordingly, you, you won't make a lot of the mistakes because very often we just don't think about what life is like to be seven. Rosalind, what are some, what are some examples of, of the wrong information to share with your kids? Well, a lot of the things we, we just mentioned are wrong information. Anything that, that's adult that shouldn't be sh- uh, shared with children, even, even teens, because they can't really understand it. So you, you need to dummy it down to a certain degree you don't lie to them. You don't tell outright lies because adult children of divorce are very angry when they were lied to. But you just don't go into the details. You don't have to talk about the affair. You could just say mom and dad had problems and there's, there was a lot of issues. We couldn't get along and life is going to be more peaceful for everyone in the family. If we're living in two different homes, then you can enjoy time with mom when you're with mom. Enjoy time with dad when you're with dad without the conflict. You don't have to go into the exact why of, of the, the adult situations that are just so complex and it's not the kid's fault. So you, you have to be aware of what you're saying to them and be honest, with, but never, never share things that kids can't understand. If they can't fix the problem, then they don't need to understand the details of it. And that's that's a guideline that works down down the line. Yeah, that feels like a good rule to to, to live by. It makes a lot of sense. And I've had clients come to me and they're like, you know, they're agreeing with everything. But I have to tell them that their mother had an affair. This would never be happening if their mother didn't have an affair. I could totally understand that you feel very self-righteous. You feel so hurt and wounded. And then when we discuss what good is your 11-year-old knowing that mommy had that affair, what, what good is going to come from that in her life? Is it better for her to, to hate mommy or disrespect mommy? Is it better for her to be thinking about what that means and the pain that daddy is going through? At what point does that do any serve any good purpose for for your child in her childhood? If you want to sit her down at 25 and talk about this stuff, then you make an adult decision then to talk about it. But right now we are protecting our children and trying to give them the childhood they deserve. Can you think of anything else, Rosalind, that you would say to our community about, you know, other ways to successfully you know, parent and co-parent once the divorce is complete? Well, there's Um, a couple of of great questions to ask yourself. 
And, and one of them is how can we make life better for our children after the divorce than it was before? They may have been experiencing tension and conflict or lots of ups and downs in different ways at home. And if you could talk to each other and say, what can we do now to give them some peace, some ease to, to cope with their fears or anxiety issues? Those are great questions to have a conversation about. Also, am I burdening my children with responsibilities that only an adult should have to bear? We don't want our kids parenting us. We don't want them growing up too soon. We don't want them being the little adult. It's so tempting to cry around them and say, you know, mommy is so, is so hurt about this. And I remember when I was dating after divorce, you, you have a breakup in a relationship and, and you're feeling hurt. But it, and it's so tempting to tell your children all about this. But immediately, your kids become little adults when they're dealing with taking care of their parents. And they no longer have the childhood innocence that they deserve. Life is tough enough without losing your childhood innocence prematurely because one parent couldn't take care of themselves when there's so many valuable, helpful resources out there now who can do that. And so the big question is, what are our kids going to say about how we handle the divorce when they're grown adults? If you keep asking yourself that, what will the kids say about the divorce when they're grown adults? If you keep that in mind when they're three and 13, then you're going to avoid making a lot of mistakes because you're going to be thinking first about that. And you'll, you'll just make more adult, mature decisions and be more responsible. And most important is to remember that you are your child's role model. And it's not everything that you say, it's what you do and how you behave and the decisions you make. Kids watch and learn from us, whether we like it or not. And so if we remember the kids are learning, how am I dealing with conflict? Well, am I bad-mouthing my ex and, and using all kinds of language around the kids and then expecting the kids to grow up differently when they have battles with their friends? What are they learning from us? Can I deal with issues that are challenging at home? Can I apologize for mistakes I made? Can I own the, the mistakes that I shouldn't have done? You know, if, if we keep that in mind, it makes us better parents. And it, it also bonds us with our children because they see us as, as human beings that they can respect. And boy, that's a wonderful thing to have with your children is a respectful relationship when they're grown adults. You know, I just have to say a word for those out there that, you know, may have gone for, through a divorce and uh, the other spouse is not co-parenting, right? Yes. They're, they're MIA, whether it's a woman or a man or, you know, um, there's a lot of single parents out there that have come through a divorce and, and they don't have a co-parent. And uh, there's still a lot of loss and bitterness and uh, things that for sure I know that uh, the kids for sure feel and see because they're feeling and seeing the absence of that person, whether they, you know, um, had a reason to uh, be absent or not, they are. And so I'm wondering, you know, for the families that go through a divorce and the other other co-parent leaves and is not participative. Do you have any words of wisdom for those 
types yeah. of, of families. And, and my heart goes out to them because yes, they're there. And this is a very, very difficult, painful, trying situation for, for the parents and for the children. You need to be as loving and compassionate with yourself first as you can possibly be because it's so important to love and respect yourself. And again, as a role model for your children, they're watching and learning from you how you're handling this enormous challenge so you want to remind your children how important it is to love and value themselves, find, find the, the qualities and the strengths that you have in yourself, and hug yourself and, and be there for yourself and monitor your self-talk. You know, we, we um, are very abusive in our own self-talk. We get very angry at ourselves and we put ourselves down and, and we may call ourselves stupid or ugly. Or, or dopey or, or some other language that we use with ourselves. And we need to catch that and monitor it and remind our children to be aware of it too. We need to parent ourselves at all times. And it's especially important when you're a single parent to be there for yourself, get resources to support you, to give you time because you need mental health time just to veg out, to relax, to pamper yourself. And then you, you need the peace of mind to know that your children are in safe, responsible places when they're not with you, so you can have peace of mind. And again, reach out for support because there may be an issue or two that you just need someone to remind you of how valuable you are, how good your qualities are, how, how realistic it is for you to find another love relationship in your life, even if the, this one failed, and give you the the support to know that life is going to go on and there's hope and you're going to move ahead in a, in a positive way and that your children are going to thank you when they're grown adults for the, for the, the way you handled yourself as their parent. Just incredible stuff, Rosalind. If folks want to connect with your writings and, and different resources that you provide there with the Child Center Divorce Network, how do they find it? Very simple, childcenteredivorce.com. And right on the home page, I have a free ebook on post-divorce parenting success strategies for getting it right. So we have a lot of information on how to parent after divorce, whether you're a single parent or whether you're co-parenting. It's very helpful for you. A lot of the things that we mentioned today in, in more detail. And I also have um, an ebook e on breaking divorce news to the kids. I have an eight-hour course on anger management for co-parents when you're dealing with the inevitable anger that, that immerses in, in certain relationships, uh, ways to handle it so that your kids don't pay the price, and several uh, courses and programs on co-parenting successfully. And then I have programs on dating and relationships for women and men, because you don't want to go out there into the dating world and make the same mistakes you made the first time around. So we, we want to prepare everyone especially for the responsibilities because dating with children is an entirely different universe than uh, if you don't have children when you're dating. Ain't that so, the truth? So all of that is at childcenteredivorce.com. And I have coaching services, one-on-one -on -one coaching services anywhere in the world. Well, Rosalind, thank you so much for joining us this week. I mean, just, just a, a wealth of, of knowledge and perspective and information and Hopefully uh, our listeners got a lot out of that and they'll be able to connect with you. Stacy, you're getting, you're getting teared up over there. First show of the year and you're already getting emotional. 
in just your feelings. love you all. I love everybody. And I just care so big. It's so hard. You know, I think what's got me teared up is the fact that we're able to talk about so much of, of these meaningful things. And I'm just so grateful for professionals and people who study this that uh, will come alongside us and make us better, you know, not only uh, for ourselves, but also for our kids and the communities around us. And it's just, um, I get, you're right. I get all welled up. <laughs> so I love it. Me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, listen, I just really appreciate you both for uh, joining me here. And I hope that community really enjoys this message from Rosalind. I think that there's some key takeaways here uh, beyond just going through a divorce Um, but parenting after a divorce, which is how a lot of people become a single parent is as they've gone through a divorce and they find themselves raising their children alone. And so we're super excited to to, uh, bring Rosalind's wealth of experience uh, to, to the forefront here. And, um, you know, whether or not Daryl goes dating while he has uh, two daughters and, and whether or not <laughs> he'll ever enter those waters again is, is yet to be discovered. But, you know, thank you, Rosalind, so very, very much. And Oh, thank you both. It was, it, it was a pleasure talking with you. And folks, remember, uh, Rosalind's website is childcenteredivorce.com. Also, don't forget to visit uh, singleparentadvocate.org. Click the donate button at the top of the website. Follow us on social media. Uh, What a great show. What a great way to kick off 2022. I am really excited. And uh, thanks again to all you folks for listening. Happy New Year, everybody. And we will see you in two weeks. 